The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. I'm so excited. If you have not experienced Michael Sandler's energy and the synergy when he and I get together, you are in for a treat. He is the host of the Inspire Nation show and Inspire Nation University. He is a modern day mystic. We're going to discuss today what that means, how he became one and how you can become one. So Michael Sandler, welcome to the show. Thank you much, so much, Suzanne and a mighty woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's his signature thing. Yeah. All right. Michael, you and I recorded uh, a panel discussion for the upcoming Global Oneness Summit that I'm yes. very excited about. Nobody knows about that yet, but they'll find out soon enough. And afterwards, I was telling my husband, Ty, how it was like a ping pong game. We went back and forth, matching energy, equal talk time. But I have to get back in radio show host here and let you do most of the talking. All right. So yeah, I'm doing all the talking now, but <laughs> that's about that's all right. But I've got to I've got to ask for everybody out there in radio and podcast land. It's interesting when we did a sound test a while ago, somebody started like a chainsaw and they just started it back up. And I'm always looking at signs, symbols, synchronicities of the universe. I'm going, what does that mean? But were you able to hear the saw like where I need to button a few more things up or are we good? We're totally good. I don't hear a chainsaw. And I, I guarantee you with the energy, we won't hear anybody saw in Z's either. It's going to be good. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So we, we uh, put the word out about this podcast today and we said, are you a mystic? So let's just start right there. Let us let ask you to define what is a mystic and what makes you Michael Sandler one. Then we'll move on from there. A mystic is an empath, someone who is energetically extra sensitive, as probably everyone is listening to this, drawn to our energy here today, who takes it to a next level, who becomes more awake and aware of their energy and what they're receiving and also what they're transmitting and begins to use it, kind of use it for good, use your superpower for good. I define a mystic. As someone who hears without ears, sees without eyes, and knows without thought. In other words, you're living on both sides of the veil simultaneously. You are on the earth, not in it, meaning that you are able to see the world from a higher vantage point. 
Okay. How many of you just went, I know that I identify with that. Yeah. Now I'm like, I've had you on my show before and you talked about your, not just one near death experience, not just two. When you were on the show, I think it was three, but I think you're up to four now. Oh gosh. So it's, it's only two NDEs that are, (laughs) there was, but however, after the second, there was the accident that broke all of the bones in front of my heart, behind my heart, above my heart, there was kind of the heart crack opening. Now, I was, there was a good decade in between that and this fall on my wife's birthday, pregnant at that point with twins, I went out for a bike ride here in New Jersey and had an SUV that decided to kiss me (laughs) because it said, you know, I feel like taking a right turn into the cyclist. And it did. And so I am, I'm very lucky to be here. It's interesting though. Interesting is an interesting term. I know it's, it's a favorite of yours. I came to in the ambulance and I've got some broken parts at that point. And, and, and I'm very lucky to be alive. And I was running through prayer. I was in a meditative place. Apparently I had gone into autopilot and I woke up going, thank you, angels. Thank you, guides. Thank you, angels. Thank you, guides. Thank you, angels. Thank you, guys. I was literally in prayer. When you play down this road, and I know you're there, Suzanne, when you play down and enough, that becomes your new default mode network. That becomes your new internal wiring. Now, I come from a long history of, oh, crap. So my family, (laughs) they go to the worst first. My first reaction consciously might be, oh, my God. And I immediately then double back to what has been the training all of these years. Training. I love that you use that word because that's what it takes. So we all have the mystic within us, Mm -hmm. but clearly but you're an athlete, a professional athlete. So you know all about training. Did you know you were in training to be a mystic? I had no idea, but what I realized over time is the cosmic set up nature of everything. It's interesting. So I was taken out. I've, I've done some cool things in the sporting world. But I was trying to make it to the Tour de France in 1993, and I was in in the French Alps in a big race, waved through a turn. There's excited crowd and fans everywhere. Vous allez, vous allez. Ooh. I was waved by a safety official through a blind turn into an oncoming car, an elderly woman who had found her way out onto the course and didn't know it was a bike race and hit me almost head on. That ended my career. Um, and I went through about six and a half, seven years, pain centers, rehab, uh, PTSD stuff saying God is dead. There is no God. Hmm. I actually have my first national championships in decades this coming weekend and a combined swim and cycle event. My cousin, he's the national champion. We trained together. He's fourth in the world. Wow. And I'm going to go do this now. I got hit by a car last fall. I've had some challenges on the rehab. I have a hernia that gets to be probably surgery on as we're going through this recovery from getting hit by the car and stuff. Who cares? I'm getting to do this thing. It's going to be so much fun. There's actually a good chance with my training, training, I'll actually qualify for the world championships next year. But here's what I know. Going back, all the way back to 93, all the way through present, it's all a cosmic set. All of it on your behalf. So, and I don't know where that echo is coming from, but it is happening for you 
not to you. So I go back to 93. I'm Wait, there can we just stop a second? Hand. Hang on. I, I just want to make sure that all of you listening understand what Michael just said, that he's you know, hit by car head on, derails his career as a professional athlete. Now he's back doing it almost 30 years later. And he's seeing that as a setup from the universe, that horrible thing that happened to him. So think about the horrible things you've been through. Could they be setups? I, I believe they all are. Now, it's a choice. If I go back in time to 93 and I stay with that mentality, that victimhood mentality, and I do not choose to see it for what is possible, then it's, it's like you've planted a seed and either you don't water it or before it has time to grow, you shovel it out and say, this is a piece of junk. You have to water it. You have to let it grow. You have to, in a sense, be the optimist saying, there must be some reason for this. I'm in the ambulance on November 10th last year going, thank you, angels. Thank you, God. It's not just for my being here, but because I know there's more happening than meets the eye. So much more. Now, I would prefer it if there are all these beautiful synchronicities and doors opening and kumbaya and stuff. And that does happen. I love that However, you just said that because that's a phrase I teach all the time to instead of saying why or, or woe is me, I would prefer that not have happened. But here we are. What's it all about? Yeah. Bingo. Exactly. And the mystic is someone who does just that, does just what you're saying. It's why you're a mystic who takes that other perspective, the to quote a very amazing person I know, isn't that interesting? Instead of the woe, the, uh, um, yeah, the woe is me. The wow is me. What can happen because of this? What is now possible? Because we all operate, particularly empaths, energetically sensitive, want to ostrich up, keep our heads down, not get overwhelmed by things. What happens when we have the woe is me and we choose to see it otherwise is it shakes things up. We need that to get unstuck. Do you have to have been born an optimist? Because there are a lot of people that can't just make that shift. No, you don't have to be born an optimist. Be born curious. And there's not a baby on the planet. And I've got a four and a half month old upstairs who is not curious. What could be the deeper meaning of this? What could be possible? I will reserve judgment. Now, pain is pain. You don't have to go, well, you know, I got hit by the car. I shouldn't say I'm in pain. Man, that's real. Oh, and yeah. we've all been metaphorically right now, it's 2022. We have all been hit by the car somewhere between 2020 and 2022, if not numerous times, every single one of us. And we don't have to, you know, be blind to it. You know, that's spirituality or ego taking the back door of, a, oh, nothing to see here. It's all okay. I, what I think about, I bring about. No, if your bone is sticking out of your arm. <laughs> You go, ow, you get yourself to the hospital. Then you step back. Maybe you go to prayer. Maybe you go into your heart, get centered and go, wow, universe, that, that kind of hurt. And I prefer it if that doesn't happen again. What can I learn from this? What can I gain from this? Where are you steering me? That's what being a mystic is all about. Okay. 
So did you always know this or was this the result of that first near-death experience? Brilliant question. Both? <laughs> I'm going to do C. The evolution of my understanding radically catapulted on April 2nd, 2006, first NDE. It was a completely different me and understanding and the downloads. But with that said, there were what I call nodes along the timeline that existed way before this. So I had my first substantial boo-boo, had a few of them, um, at age 10, um, which left me with a uh, broken tibia, fibia, uh, femur and knee and some other stuff. Stuff happens. But what was interesting is that the doctor said, you're not going to be able, or you're going to be lucky to walk by 18. You're going to have this arthritis, show you on the x-ray. Here's the arthritis. You're not going to be able to be athletic, blah, 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 blah. And, and of course, I went on to, <laughs> not only did I not listen, but I realized they don't know. They're not in charge. That's right. Either I'm in charge or it's a co-creation with the universe. So they set me free, kind of like the matrix where, where you, you, you've got uh, uh, Mr. Smith taking off his earpiece and saying, would you give this to Neo at the start of matrix number two? I was set free. When you see an experience where you're told that black is black and you find out it's white, you've been set free if you choose to look for the deeper meaning. I know you and got what, that. what deeper meaning did you find? We're pure energy. We're the most amazing energy. We're energy, having an energetic experience in human form. So we are capable of much more than anybody thought we, we are or were. We are listening and tuned in at a much higher level than anybody tells us we are. And none of this is as it appears to be. Okay, this table is solid. If I hit it hard, it's gonna hurt. And at the same time, it's part of an energetic story that's actually here to serve me. We came here not to be successful. That's great. Not to make a lot of money. That can be cool too. Not to change even a million lives as both of us want to do, which is actually pretty cool. But we came here to learn and grow and evolve and experience. Experience. Life. Yeah. 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 And you are definitely all in. Yeah. <laughs> as are you, Suzanne. But you don't have to be. There are some people that, that don't have the physical capability, that don't have the personality that gets them out there, but they can make a difference just by just by a, a hand on an arm when somebody needs it most, by sharing love, just diving into the You ever gone to the symphony? All the time, yeah. Okay. Go to the timpanist in the back, except they're not playing the drums. They've got a little musical triangle. <laughs> and maybe their whole thing in this one piece is just to hit that triangle once. Bing! And it changes the tenor of everything, hitting just one note. <laughs> if you play the inside game and all you do, I'm putting that in quotes, because we're human beings, not doings. We don't have to do anything. But if you sit at home and all you do is cultivate your own energy, your note is being raised to such a high level 
bing on the symphony of humanity, bing on the symphony of earth, bing on the symphony of the universe. That's the inside job. Simply work on healing yourself, on your own energy, on bringing your vibration up. You don't have to be, I'm, you know, the woohoo guy. You don't have to be that. Be authentically you. That's the best that you can do. You came here hardwired with the gift. What's the gift? To be you. That's all you have to do. There is no have to do, but that's the most fun game in town. You're you're on a roll and it's hard to get in there, but we just used the word tie. And I just had this discussion at lunch about being authentic. You know, when, when somebody says you're authentic, I finally got over the weekend, thanks to a message from my guides, what that really means when people say you're really authentic. It means that the same you shows up everywhere. You don't change like a chameleon to match what pe- you expect people want from you or you expect will get something from other people. You're just here. Here I am. Hmm? Yeah, That's how I see it. What about you? I completely agree. And I'm going to go to uh, Don Miguel Ruiz on this of the four agreements, but also of the book, The Actor. We came here playing a role. Now we tend to play many roles early on, just like you're describing, but then over time, we kind of, if we're truly authentic, bring it back to one main role. And people particularly today can see it if you're disingenuine, if you're not truly being yourself. But then I believe over time, Even that hat, that role of the actor that you're playing, as you become more and more of a mystic, as you live more and more on both sides of the veil, starts to melt away as that light that's inside of you starts to birth forth or beam even brighter. You become a little bit less just you and a little bit more hmm, we, a little bit more of the universe, a little bit more hmm, transparent. And certainly I wear my emotions on my sleeve. The more we go down this road, the less we're wearing those hats. You're really good at showing your emotion that you, you tear up easily or sentimental guy. Have you always been that way? (laughs) Not to this extent, however. Okay. So here he goes, everybody (laughs) watch the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I was the kid who was locked in the lockers. I was the kid who was beaten up on a regular basis. I was the kid who I didn't know the movie Caddyshack came out, but I think it was at 10 years of age when I started getting on the bus and I would get pummeled as I got on the bus and the whole bus started chanting. It was in Massachusetts. So you know that there's the, the gopher in, in Caddyshack that's all over the golf course and Bill Murray is trying to get him. I would go on the bus and they would stand, start chanting, go fa go fa. And everybody would kind of gang up on me because I was an easy target because I wore my emotions on my sleeve. That was also approximately the last time I ever took a school bus. So the emotions were there on my sleeve. Then as I got older, I learned to protect myself, you know, turtle shell up and guard myself from sharing my emotions, from feeling my emotions. And hence that accident you talked about where the, the your rib cage, everything around your heart literally broke. Like yeah. God has a sense of humor here, not, you know, in a perverse sort of way. <laughs> Coyote energy, I call it. Coyote energy is the energy of the trickster. 
And, ah. and, and I was fortunate enough, I was blessed to have a coyote hybrid or yeah, I guess I didn't have her. She had me um, for 17 years. It's trickster energy. Universe will use whatever universe can to get our attention. In my case, I had certainly, you know, M&M candy hard shelled up until I was cracked open. And that's what a mystic is, is someone who is dropping their shields. So we could go military here for a minute. The greatest weapon, geez, what a term, that you have is to drop your shields and lead from the heart. <laughs> that's unstoppable. That will disarm people. Yeah. 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 So I like that. So I hope all of you listening right now heard what he said. Mystics drop the shield. I call it being an open-hearted warrior. Hmm. It is not only disarming, but it changes the energy of everyone around. Now, I'm on a mission. You're on that mission. My mission statement is raise people's vibration, elevate consciousness, shift humanity. None of that takes place just with a ballot or with a picket sign. It all takes place in here. The more we're connected to spirit, the more we're connected to our heart, the more we lead from the heart rather than a fear-based place, the more it changes everything around us. Hmm. That's the new game in town. So I'll bet you being married to Jessica changed that heart too. How's that changed you? She's a tough cookie, Susan. Suzanne. She, she um, is a mystic. She won't let me get away with anything. Uh -huh. Did you I know call... she was a mystic when you, when you met her? What I knew was she was the one. Uh -huh. I knew that before I'd spoken a word. I was in a, a meditation center in Boulder, Colorado, uh, Shambhala Center specifically. I'm upstairs oh, in the giant morning. Yeah. You know, it's the, uh -huh. the gold leaf on the walls and stuff. You've been like transported to Tibet. I'm doing my meditation. There's like two other people in there. She comes in, walks, I guess, all the way down to the other side of this giant hall, wants nothing to do with me. She could even see the danger. And um, I open up my eyes at some point. Um, well, I was a, a long, long haired, cycling clothing wearing meditator in Boulder. It was, it was quintessential Boulder. And I looked and I saw her and just saw the back of her head. I didn't know anything. And I'm like, she's the one. Ooh, goosebumps galore. I, <laughs> I knew it. When we had our first talk a couple of days later, because I was very shy and there's a whole story behind that. Um, and when we had that story, uh, talk a few days later, um, we're sitting on a stoop outside of the, uh, the meditation center and three crows or ravens very large black sitting on the stoop of the stupa yeah i was about to say that too so yeah you <laughs> caught me <laughs> okay sitting on the stoop of the stupa okay. <laughs> three ravens landed up above and we're, jessica and i are talking and i turn to them and i go because i could hear what they were saying loud and clear you can hear what the she's ravens are saying the one. <laughs> she's the one they're saying and i turn and i go i know i know and she goes did you just talk to the birds? Oh, and I'm like, cool. yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she probably said, he's the one. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she she's, still here. Was, she, she's still here. It took a month. 
She was just out of leaving from a, a, a mystical center herself, literally a mystical center. She had just left there. So she was on her mystic path. And she saw me for all of my walking, talking wounds, Suzanne. She okay. saw all of my childhood wounds, all of my past life wounds. And she thought, this is a ball of yarn that I do not want to try to uh, disentangle. So she would say, and it took about a month of her saying, no, 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 no. Um, until she had a, a spiritual experience having nothing to do with me. And, and she resigned herself. She would say <laughs> she was conscripted. So there was a draft <laughs> in place, Suzanne, and she was drafted. Now, I did know since early on, she really, really has it going on. And she can see through me so easily. And that has, I've been gifted. Not all of us are gifted in this way. I know you're gifted with Ty. She can point things out to me so easily, so quickly. And I may have mentioned that she calls herself the truth police. So oh, if wow. I say something that she does not feel is in alignment, ooh, boy, is she on my case. In, in alignment with love, with your true nature, with the soul, right? Bingo, bingo, bingo. So she will not accept inner or outer contradictions or hypocrisy. But that's actually, she is representative of the world in general right now. As our energy is going up through humanity, and empaths see this more clearly than anybody else, we can see where things are off. We can see where people are disingenuine. And it doesn't feel good. It feels really, really, really bad these days. Yeah, we got to pay attention to that feeling. And instead of then adding to it, say, what is this trying to tell us? You just use the word empath there, and I don't want to assume anything. So people that may just have wandered across this on YouTube right now, what is an empath? An empath is someone who is more energetically sensitive than the norm. You may be called too sensitive, that you feel things too much, that you cry too easily, or you're around somebody and you go, they have bad vibes. I want to get out of here. And other people are like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, Your yeah. sixth sense is in overdrive compared to the rest of the population. However, it hasn't been socially acceptable. And so you were told you were weak. You are less than. You are to fill in the blank. And so typically you squash that. Or else, yeah. Yeah. Were you ever told that, Suzanne? Oh, yes. <laughs> but not, not when I wore my Navy uniform because, you know, you know my Navy term, you learn to suck it up. And you, you put on that facade. I was not authentic then. And it felt horrible. But now, since I am authentic, then I'm, I am told occasionally you're too sensitive, lighten up, you know. But. And you were cracked open, weren't oh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. I love being sensitive. Yeah. It's How your about superpower. Oh, yeah. It's your superpower. The sensitivity, you say. Yes. Yes, 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 okay, yes. Okay. So how do those who are listening harness and use that superpower that other people are saying is a, is a detractor? Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
lean into it instead of pushing it away. Yes. You go, wow, this doesn't feel good. Well, first off, step back. And then you might go quiet. You might meditate, do automatic writing, talk to the angels, take a walk in the forest, go for a swim and say, why didn't that feel good? What can I learn from it? Understand the not feel good is simply an energetic transmission. It's information. It's an now, indicator. An yes. Indicator. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. it's like you've got your dial. So wait, one wait, of the things. Wait, it's an indicator that you're out of alignment with your center, with your true being. Yeah. And it can be an indicator of someone else or something else. I had, um, I took a couple ooh, simultaneous master's degrees a long time ago on a distant planet. And one of them was a computer degree. And I had this gentleman by the name of Cap Smith who taught a, uh, a computer science course who was actually, uh, I guess, the brains behind the um, destroyer commander um, heads up system where it dictates, is this plane a threat? Is this plane not a threat? All of these things. He was involved in the background. He's the, kind of the genius behind this. I thought it'd be cool to bring that up with you here. And, yeah, and stuff that turns me on, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is a retired destroyer captain, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. As a total tangent, we're in this class and we're doing, we're supposed to be working on our own on these different things. And it found out it was impossibly difficult to do these these to, to do these projects on our own. And so we kind of brought everybody together and worked on it together. And so Cap calls me into his office and he says, I hear you've been working on this together. Is this true? And I say, absolutely. <laughs> and he goes, do you realize I can flunk you out of the program for this? He goes, you're supposed to be competing against each other. Well, there are only so many A's I'm going to give out, only so many B's, only so many C's. So you must fight against everybody else. And how ridiculous is that to already know how many A's, B's, and C's you're going to give? Yeah. Huh. And what does someone who's an empath, who's a mystic in training say to that? Well, you probably cry. <laughs> I didn't cry in this case. First no, off, I know. First off, I ponied up and I said, all right, I'm going to do whatever it takes to pass this class because he put me on notice. However, I said, I'm not going to compete against anybody else. I want, I told him, I want to help bring everybody up. And I leaned into it, huh. felt into it and said, what is this about? What can I learn from it? And then I held like my flag up high and I rocked it and I rocked it. It is about those moments where we are energetically sensitive and something doesn't feel right in our environment. That is a cue for us that something else is going on that's more than meets the eye and we can play with it. Your spidey skills go off. It doesn't mean run. It means what can I learn from this amazing, incredible, wonderful, awful, terrible, horrific, beautiful experience. Hmm. That's what Earth School is about. Yes, sir. Yeah. What grade did you get? I think I got an A on the final and a B. I'm going to guess it was a B something for the class. After you know, I, I love that you, I, you had to think about it. I love it because this is like a defining moment, yet the grade didn't matter, did it? It was the experience, no. the experience and what it taught you. Yeah. And huh. 
I also stood not for the me, but for the we. I authentically said, he, he said, were you working as a group? I could have said no. I'm like, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've got to compete for your grade. Heck no. <laughs> That's not how I'm going to play the game. That's not what I'm about. For humanity to evolve to the next level is not going to be a game of any of this. It we is, have it to is like those. a game, but it's not a competitive game. It's a we all rise together. We all win together. So I got my cousin's the national champion, fourth in the world. I'm so proud of him. We're going to race this. Biking this, and running, biking and biking and swimming. You swim 1.2 miles, you race 56 miles on the bike, and there's a little bit of running in between. Uh -huh. So based on my current challenges, I'm probably not in the position to push him for the win. But let's say that I was. And, and I plan on being there next year. If universe lets me, next year I'm going for it. Is and there I, an I age? Are you competing in age classes like your master's now? Yeah. <laughs> Masters. I just found out that I've officially become a senior in two years. It's just oh, blowing oh, me oh. away. So, oh my god! <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's. I, I'm older than I look. Do you know how old I know I you are? are? It's stunning. Fifty-one to fifty-five is what I, the age group I'm in. Uh -huh. So, my cousin, his name is his first name is Mark, Doctor Mark Silverman. So, um, I told him next year I'm gunning for you, Mark, but not to try to beat you. I want to push you to be the absolute best that you can be. Even this race on Saturday, we're going neck and neck. I am not trying to beat him. I am going to be cheering him on to say, come on, you can do even more. I'll also be cheering myself on. This is yeah. co-opetition, not competition. I like that. It's how can we cooperate the more? I picture an Olympics in the future where we design different events to see how well people can work as a team together, mm. as a group yeah. together. Yeah. Huh. So let's go right back to the beginning because I want to bring it back around to mystic again. Everything you're talking is mystic behavior, modern day mystic. I'll tell you that your definition was long and very interesting. I always perceive that a mystic is one who knows they are one with our source. Perfect. You're saying the same kind of thing. Perfect. But come around. And I like again that you use that. no. No, absolutely no. We know that. So we promised everybody we would talk about how do you know or how do you become one? How do those who are listening become one if they're listening to you and say, I want that. I want to lean into the challenges. So certainly there are courses you can take. There are things that you can do that both you and I offer, which help you down that road. But with that said, it's actually, it's one word. It's super duper simple. Inquiry. Ooh. Start inquiring into the nature of the universe. Start inquiring into the nature of the messages that you hear. Start inquiring into your feelings. Be curious. Be a four-month-old again. How does it get any better than this? Do that with eyes wide open because you already are a mystic. That's the secret. You're already a mystic. However, there's this layer of opacity pulled down before you yep 
that's not permitting you to see who and what you truly are. And every time you ask a question, every time you say, isn't that interesting? That opacity gets a little thinner and a little thinner still. Yeah, my guides say the number one question anybody can ask, a good one to start with is, who am I? And if you tell somebody that who has a lot of clouds over the sky here, they don't get it. Well, what do you mean, who am I? I'm Suzanne and I'm a, you know, whatever your job is and I'm a wife and I'm all those things. What is a mystic looking for? If a mystic asks, who am I? It's a combination. You are Suzanne. You are Jessica. You are Michael. And you are so much more. That word you are and. spirit. You are the divine. You are a part of the everything. So becoming a mystic doesn't mean you go sit in a cave in the Himalayas, right? You can you know, still you could, play and have fun. You, you could. Um, however... You know, I'm looking at this shiny yellow Tesla outside. You can have fun here too. You don't have to monk it up. <laughs> <laughs> monk it up. Okay. I like that. So uh, play with this life. Play with it, with everything you've got. Life is, I was telling, I was telling, uh, telling my four-month-old, she was probably telling me. I said, life is too serious not to have serious fun. Hmm. Nice. Yay. Whatever that means for you, that's the job of a mystic is how can I raise my vibration by taking great care of myself, by loving myself up, by letting myself enjoy life. The more your vibration, but isn't that selfish, Michael? No. The more your vibration goes up, the more it is contagious and infects and affects everyone around you. That's it. It sure does. Yeah. So Suzanne, you go play on your boat. <laughs> <laughs> you bet I will. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's finding that balance. So you said your part of your definition of being a mystic is you hear with your non-physical ears, see with your non-physical eyes. You have an event coming up with the shift network like one hour from now. And I love the title of it. How do I know I'm not making this up or am I making this up? Yeah. I don't, I want everybody to watch that program because we don't have, we don't want to tell everything that you say there, but how do people come to know that this connection that we can enjoy with higher consciousness is real? And, and without giving it all away, I will say that that super skill resides within each one of us, but bringing it back full circle to some fun words here, we'll call it a practice or training. The more that you start using your detector, your super sleuth ability to feel into things and say and sense, is this real? The easier it becomes to see and sense. So I was giving a talk, uh, actually, I think it's part of this upcoming talk. And I was talking about how do you know if things are truly verifiable? And I said, one of the people that I know is a true expert on verifiability is Suzanne Giesman. Why? Because she practices. So there is this rule that's been kind of butchered, but it's the 10,000 hour rule hmm. by 
Anders Ericsson or Eric Anderson. And I should remember that because he, he has been, has been, he still is a friend of mine uh, who was on the show many years ago. He made the 10,000 hour rule, which says that with deliberate feedback, we become better and better at something. What's deliberate feedback? It means if you take 10,000 hours and you throw a ball at a hoop and it goes in, it doesn't go in, it goes in, it doesn't go in, you don't get any better. If it doesn't go in and you go, well, maybe if I move an inch to the right and you try again and and maybe I'm fine tune a little bit back. So you have been refining your skills as a true top level mystic, we'll say, by getting feedback. What was what was accurate? What was not? What can I learn from it? What is my filter telling me? Where is my filter getting in the way? How do I let go of my filter? And you you practice and get deliberate feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you act on what you hear or sense and it leads to something magical or you act on it and, oh, that wasn't so good. Then you compare the two. What was the difference in the two? And then next time, did it feel like the one that didn't work or did it feel like the one that did work? And you act on that and it just keeps going. Yeah. Exactly. And you step back and ask that question. What worked? What didn't? That's inquiry. Without inquiry, we're, forgive me, dead in the water. (laughs) Nautical term. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Let's ask the universe where we go now. So many people think that mystics are these sages that wear robes and they spout off all kinds of wise things every time they open their mouth what you call yourself a modern day mystic mm-hmm. and you say that everybody's listening everybody listening is a mystic deep within we've just have to find it yeah. how do we live in the modern world as a modern day mystic play the energy game that's what it's about that's the bigger level game how do things feel what are things where are things carrying me what are the energies that i'm experiencing today what do i experience at the grocery store and hey you know first off that sage may well be the cashier secondly maybe you're the the sage helping the cashier to raise his or her energy today what can you do to play an energetic game that's the biggest level game you can play I sat down on the plane yesterday to this guy across the aisle and I were made to move. We had the perfect seats. Nobody sitting next to us. And the flight attendant came and said, you two, I need you to move. And we both, okay. He grumbled a lot. And I just said, well, isn't that interesting? And we moved back, back, back. We ended up in the very back row, plastered against the bulkhead next to the bathroom. And I'm just saying, isn't this interesting? And he was, his energy was just, and I said to myself, we're going to get this guy to laugh by the end of the flight. And I'm not even going to have to try, not even have to try. And then I forgot about it. And oh my God, the funniest thing happened. He busted out laughing. He couldn't help himself. And I looked at him. We hadn't even talked the whole time. He didn't want to sit next to me. You know, we hadn't even talked. I looked at him and I said, I said a goal to make you laugh. You just did it. And then he laughed again. That's the, you know, just play with the energy. I love that you said that. And you picked, you <laughs> We could have gone two ways. You could have gone two ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I'm setting an intention, and I, 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 I truly know we're all one. He is a part of me. I am a part of him. Right. I was yeah. saying that, oh, this is this interesting. But the other part of me was saying, God, we got to sit back here. So he was just reflecting the whole, we're the wholeness. 
yin and yang. Yeah. I love that. Whenever you played the energy recently. Say that again. When have you played the energy recently? Everything, everything, uh -huh. every day, this experience right here, this bigger experience of both of us reaching this large audience today, every chance I can. Now I will forget and come back and forget and come back and forget and come back. And, and my goal is to never forget. And I still have a pulse. I'm not there yet, but I will continuously come back to playing the energetic game. Got a four and a half month old upstairs. Need to play the energy game. I've got a rooster, the most high strung energetic creature on the face of the earth. It's his pet, everybody. It's his pet. Yes, and it, it is really, my pet. It lives inside and it crows at odd hours. And yeah. Ruru <laughs> -Ru the rooster. Ruru -Ru the guru. He's got his own, he's got his own tic tac page. I haven't played with it much, but Ruru -Ru the guru. And, and he's very energetically sensitive, so I have to bring my energetic A game or he's going to start screaming and crowing and running around and going, oh, God, the kitty, <laughs> like a kitty right now. I get to be energetically sensitive. A wife who is exhausted with baby, we've both been overtired, get to be energetically sensitive. That's, when you said, that's why my jaw dropped when you said you're competing in a bike and swimming race soon. I thought with everything you have going on and the baby... Wow. Maybe that's what's helped you keep your sanity. And it's been just a carrot. There has been no intermediary races or anything of that sort. In fact, the bike just landed. It's funny. The universe, it was supposed to be a month and a half ago that the bike came in. I've been training with a different bike, not a oh, racing wow. bike. Wow. Because the first bike came in broken. <laughs> and then, and but but this bike had been this vision in my head that I hadn't even thought of. I'd just seen it in the corner of the house. And that's the one that's actually showing up. It's kind of wild. But it has been, I used the training as a quiet reset time. Now, I have a, a different, um, <laughs> I can hear Jessica going, screw loose. Maybe where <laughs> I, like to, I like to play on what I call the rivet. And, and this will be an old, uh, we could use this as an old nautical term or an old military term. The old school fighter planes from World War II, or even oh, yeah. before, if you went too fast with them, the rivets on them oh, would no. pop out, the plane would crash. Yeah. I like to take the bicycle or any experience, and I like to do it as a meditation. As fast, safely, of course, but as fast as I can go within this body, right to the limit not limit of safety wise, but limit of what the body will do and just keep it there. Wow. And the whole world goes silent. It goes very quiet and it stops becoming a, oh, this is so hard of an experience to a, wow, this is really peaceful. I'm going to cry now. This is really oh, fun. I had an experience while riding my bike that I was perfectly still and the world was moving by me. I know you've had that all the time. It, it's funny to say that. I'm scanning around. It's somewhere around me. I have, well, I won't go grab it. I have a helmet that I just got in, an aerodynamic helmet that has like a space shield mm. on the front of this thing. And it goes, you're so quiet because oh. it's, uh, the air just slips by you. And so it's silent, just like you're describing. Mm. And the whole world is moving, like you're saying. But uh, isn't that... 
who we are as souls, we are consciousness and all of these experiences are simply moving past this still being that's right here. Let's use that word moving. Let's tweak it just a little bit, Suzanne, because you hit the nail on the head. Movie. Oh, yeah. The film of life is moving past us. Mm -hmm. We are eternal. We are the mystic. We are the universe. And this is just a film being projected and played out before us. Which is why we can help to change it moment by moment. It's not completely set yet. It's, it's like improv. It is. And that's where it gets really cool when you throw out the rules and you go, okay, yeah, I do have a baby and I'm going to go do this. Or I do have this experience in life and I'm just going to still do this. Or you do have an injury and illness and I'm going to still whatever it is. Make the rules up as you go along. Throw out the rules and create your own new ones to have the most amazing experience that you can. So tell us about your Shift Network course that's coming up. What are you going to teach? The one today or the big one? Which no, which no, one? Because I know that people that have followed this, they know that you know we do. They do these free events, and then they want you to take your course. I'm, I'm always yeah. transparent. I said, look, watch the free event because it's great, and then just be prepared because they're going to try to get you to sign up for the course. But I wouldn't promote it if I didn't know that the courses are great. So, what are you teaching in your course? <sighs> What I teach and was guided to teach and never planned on teaching and had no hope or dream or goal of teaching is automatic writing. Oh, like your book? Yeah, just like the book, but this is an advanced book called The Automatic Writing Experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's a a, been a a bestseller in angels and spirit guides and channeling. And what we're going to do is blow this out to a whole new level of really teaching and training training you to become a mystic, training you how to channel, training you how to speak with angels, with spirit guides, with loved ones on the other side of the veil, but not just, not just getting chewing gum from the universe. It's nice to get a little information here and there, but what am I going to do with it? How is it going to shift my energy? How can I remove the wounds and blocks and traumas and walls so that I can get lighter with direct information coming from those who have the bigger perspective. That's what's so exciting about automatic writing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what changed me. The, the wax with the two by four, you know, they were guidance. But now how do I live in this world? How do I get guidance on a day-to-day basis? Because it's real easy to have collective amnesia. All you have to do is turn on your social media, turn on the news. And all of a sudden you've lost 100 IQ points. Unless they're watching your show, Suzanne. And no, and just not news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is how can I plug into spirit on a daily basis and lead a spirit guided life? Beautiful. Beautiful. And when and you do that, you get ongoing teaching from your personal teachers. I invite everybody every month on this show to join me for my monthly connection webinar. Next one is, I think it's next week already. But the, the teaching is ongoing. It's fresh and it's new and it's exciting. I can't wait to share it every month. And you are helping us to learn how to do that as well. I love this, this joint mission because you've learned to tap into it well, being a mystic. Which yeah. we all can be and all in many ways are. 
it brings it back to have a tool, whatever tool that is. Maybe it's a piccolo, maybe it's a flute, maybe it's a violin, maybe it's a trombone. Did you know I was a piccolo player? Did you know I played That was the first one that came up. No, I had no idea. Yeah, I have one downstairs. Flute player since fourth grade. Oh, yeah. And then Hafiz said, I am an instrument, a flute through which Christ consciousness flows. That was a Muslim Sufi who said that. He knew. He was a mystic. Christ consciousness simply means you understand all is one. We are all unified with the source. So your, your analogy is great. Sorry I interrupted you there. I just couldn't That's believe right. you said and flute. <laughs> and, and I love it because you know that, that we're speaking SOC, stream of consciousness. Yeah. Right. And now. when you do that, you can always be surprised by what comes out of your mouth. And that's how your show that's in one hour, one hour, the link to that is right here. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, the link's right there. People will learn how to trust that stream of consciousness, how to tap into that. Are you going to lead them on an exercise? I'm going to do help. What would be the best way to help calibrate people to make it easier to see. So the entire experience, so sometimes there's like a three minute exercise in these kind of things. In this case, the hour, a little bit less than that, that we take together is helping retune or entrain you to become more energetically sensitive and to know. You will leave with the skills so that you can practice and practice some more and practice some more. And it's easy. That's the thing. Nothing that we're teaching And you can read the most spiritually heavy book you want, but nothing that we're teaching is rocket science. It's not meant to be only the most. If it were, I sure wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Liberal arts major (laughs) all the way. Yeah. 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 It's it's the keys to the universe aren't difficult. They're not. We're all given the keys. It's just that we're given the keys. And then in society, the keys were clipped or the keys were bent. And we need to just have a little help straightening the key out so we can put it in the lock of the universe again. That's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you're doing a good job of it. And I thank you. I'm really glad our paths crossed because I, you know, every time we get together, I have to go, woohoo. <laughs> it's infectious. That's the energy thing. That's the, the synergy that people feel it's called resonance it's resonance yeah and we can also kind of bring it back to music it's called harmony harmony yeah oh my heart's just going right now thank you michael (laughs) thank you for your time i know you're busy now you're probably going to get out there and hit the road don't hit it too hard this time (laughs) no oh gosh no no actually i get right now right after this I go to pick up and see for my first time, it's flown all the way across the country. The well, first I'll pick up the baby, the bike, yeah. the baby, baby, much more important. So first we go to baby. Then we actually load Ruru up in the car because really? he, he travels shotgun in the Tesla every single time. Yep. If I left him That's home. That's got to get it. some looks going down the highway. <laughs> Rooster in the Tesla, yellow you Tesla. You got to have fun. You got to oh, yeah. have fun. Good so, point. and and then I get to pick up the bike and between you and me, while it's going to be great, maybe some things aren't as I expected, but I know everything's perfect just as it 
is so key to understand it's an energetic game no matter what surprises come your way don't go boom. but go so i just got an insight you've been training on an a different bike it's probably a little heavier it's not a racing bike you've been doing it the hard way now you're going to get a different bike different instrument and you're going to fly you're just going to fly so we train oh. with the hard stuff and then all of a sudden once you get the right tools you're ready to just take off here's my expression suzanne and it's for the little things it's for the big things it's for the things that aren't good in quotes it's for the things that are great how does it get any better than this? How does it get any better than this? The bike comes at the last minute, but it's going to be like a fifth of the weight. How does it get any better than this? You know, oh, something yeah. strange or challenging happens in life. How does it get any better than this? I allow in spirit and know I'm being set up for the how does it get any better than this? Wow. Well, and you can say that even knowing that there will be downs that go with the ups. That's the best part. That's the mystic's point of view. Yeah. That truly is when you can be there, you know, down and out for the count and go, how does it get any better than this? You're oh. opening up the possibilities for greatness and greatness far beyond even the physical. Awesome. Thank you for inspiring us. No wonder you lead inspire nation university thank you michael and let us all know i'll let my community know how you did in that race all right okay. sounds beautiful i am hopeful fingers crossed toes crossed i can qualify for a world championship is that crazy all or right what? you got a lot and of people go holding that vision for you abiza spain in the beginning of may that's but you know right. it's an experience and thank you thank you thank you thank you to everyone watching and thank you to you suzanne Thank our, you. It's our pleasure. Thank our you. pleasure. All right. And thank you to all of you for joining us. I hope that you've been uplifted and inspired by Michael's words. Just keep uh, joining us here. You can go to my website, SuzanneGeesman.com, and sign up to let us notify you in advance when we're going to have a podcast. Like a few thousand people got an email saying Michael would be joining us today. So we hope to see you here next time. And you all go out and make this a wonderful day. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.